Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Today, guys, we have a special guest with us. We have Michelle Saunders Gutch with us. Who is Michelle Saunders Gutch? Well, she is the CEO and founder of Altered Stories Ministry and the pop and pot and a podcast host of the Altered Stories show. She is a wife, a speaker, a ministry and business leader, and is passionate about helping women to share their God stories to help women overcome their struggles. So pretty much that's who Michelle is, but we're going to learn a whole lot more about Michelle. So first of all, I have my first question. Thank you for coming on our show, Michelle. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Oh, thank you. I'm having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, so Michelle, tell us a little bit more about your, about what you do with Altered Stories, um, the Altered Stories Ministry and your podcast and anything else that you do um, in your career. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Altered Stories Ministry, and we're a faith-based nonprofit um, that's located in Overland Park, Kansas, and we serve women. Uh, that's kind of what we do there in terms of helping women share their stories, their specific God stories, so women around the world can hear them. So we're a storytelling nonprofit and we focus on the story of the woman. And we also have um, a blog. And then we also do through my services, um, uh, support for other nonprofits who want to storytell. Uh, and so helping them along the way with their storytelling, uh, whether it's coaching uh, them through how to tell their story or helping them uh, get their story out there through our podcasting services. I'm the chief storyteller host of the Altered Story Show, which is the brand, and it's a platform where we... Um, have the stories that um, we share um, that go out for others to hear. In addition, I also do some consulting on the side and those consulting services help nonprofits develop. In addition to that, I do some program project management, change management kind of work in that space. Um, so there's a lot there that I do. I'm working on writing a book um, and hope to launch that at the end of 2022 as well. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it. 
So with that said, we are gonna, um, we're just gonna dive right into the interview in regards to the mental health piece and uh, also about your story. So the first question I have for you is, tell us a little bit more about your, about your, I guess it was your previous mental health diagnosis. Um, when were you diagnosed and um, what was it? Yeah, I was diagnosed with, um, I would call it anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm. And that was back in my early 40s. And um, that came about as a result of the trauma that I experienced having come out of a child as a cult and in my early child years. Mm. And as a result of having gone through some emotional sexual abuse um, and the trauma that comes out of that, that started to surface because I never really worked through what I had experienced coming out of that kind of trauma and just focused on my career. And I started noticing a lot of things that were transpiring in my mental health. You know, um, I was running from anything that involved any kind of control. Uh, I was having a difficult time just uh, with my anxiousness all the time. Yes. And um, that caused some issues. Uh, there was broken relationships that I started, you know, having. Um, I was struggling with intimacy and trust. Um, so all of that uh, kind of permeated as I started getting into my early 40s, which was probably about, you know, close to maybe 30 years after I had gone through that trauma. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about um, your mental health story of resilience. How did you overcome? What did you have to go, go through? Tell us about the, 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 the trauma that, how did you get involved in the cult in the first place? Um, how, yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about, just walk us through that whole journey. Okay. I will. Um, I um, was brought into the cult through my mom who at that point in time had innocently walked into this group and she was um, looking for community and a way to build community um, my dad was in the Air Force and she was and then got out and raised a family. But she moved around a lot with my dad and it was difficult, I think, to try to find, you know, community and friends. But she ran into a group of people um, that she really connected with and they introduced her to this leader who was very charismatic um, and very welcoming. And, you know, just she seemed very comfortable at that point in time because uh, this other group of friends that she had had been part of this. And she thought, oh, this is a really good way for me to raise my children in faith around a group and a community. 
that she felt, you know, treated her like family. Well, mm -hmm. long story short, um, and I was seven and I got out of this cult by God's grace at the age of 12. But at that point in time, when we first started, um, it didn't seem all that out of balance, but as time progressed, there was more controls, there was more radical, um, um, I guess you would call it thinking. Um, there were group sessions that were un very unhealthy um, involving, um, you know, sexual abuse in different ways and normalizing that. And so it was, you know, a journey that, you know, started, like I said, very innocently and then more controls and we weren't allowed to, there's more isolation and we could only hang out with those that were in this group. And, you know, there was uh, humiliation for those that didn't um, always agree um, there was criticism, there were kids turning on their parents, there's, um, you know, a lot of, um, you know, I, I would consider it like, um, just unhealthy, um, people mm -hmm. that were being drawn into that group. And what I mean by that unhealthy people, people that were extremely vulnerable and had issues in their lives, you know, too. Mm -hmm. And so there was, you know, just a lot of that. And then um, we weren't allowed to celebrate holidays. Uh, most holidays, uh, we weren't allowed to watch TV. We had to wear hair a certain way. We had to wear clothing modestly. I mean, there's just more and more controls that were imposed. And unfortunately, I was a child and, you know, my mom, whatever my mother chose, I had to conform to mm -hmm. in the way that I, you know, needed to, to be obedient. However, I learned very quickly how I could get support outside of what I was existing in. And there were others that were struggling like me that I leaned on within the group. And I rebelled in other areas um, and being one way there and trying to, you know, have favor and do it look like I was doing all the right things. And then outside of that, when I was, uh, in a place where I could exist um, in a normal school setting, or, you know, I would talk mm -hmm. to my teachers or talk to my counselors, and they were kind of monitoring this and um, being aware of some things that, you know, was going on. But long story short, um, this man was exposed. There were people who left the cult because of some of what was transpiring and he was exposed and that came down and my mother had to go to my father and share the details because he was serving in you know the the air force and he was away a lot um he was very 
good about allowing my mom to choose where she wanted to, you know, um, you know, uh, go to church or to be affiliated with, um, you know, a group of people that, you know, were faith oriented. And he kind of had his lifestyle and life and, you know, he let her do that thing. He just wasn't all about it. But anyway, it, it turned out that unfortunately, um, my dad had to come back from his deployment in uh, Germany to the United States. And they had to go to court because my brother had made the choice not to stay home. He kept running away, couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the stuff that was being imposed and he left the home and became, you know, uh, my parents lost custody essentially of him. But my mother made the choice to, when this was all brought out in the media, to leave. Um, and it was um, a very freeing thing for me when she made that choice. Um, although it was too late for my brother, uh, who had so many trust issues, I think, at that point. Um, but me... Thankfully, I was able to um, try to resume some normalcy, try to heal and move forward with my family. And I also had a baby sister at home at that time. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, thankfully, right in those teen years, those early teen years, um, my parents, you know, decided collectively to work to keep their marriage going and to disassociate and move ahead. Um, but there was, you know, there was an incredible amount of um, just shame uh, that I went through mm -hmm. and, you know, the trauma of what I saw at such a young age, you know, and, you know, the, the exposure, you know, to, uh, just abuse, you know, whether it was, you know, like I said, uh, mental abuse, or it was uh, physical, you know, uh, sexual, sexual type abuse, sexual, I would call it, um, there was, um, I would call it, um, you know, an harass, not harassment, but it was, you know, it was definitely, um, violation. It was a violation. Mm -hmm. So that I hope gives your audience a depiction of this cult and kind of my experience, even though it went on for a good five years, you know, it, it was definitely um, a very hard journey that I went through. I felt like a prisoner. You know, I really did. And um, I was very embarrassed by what, you know, this cult in, you know, required of how we should live our lifestyle in a world where, <laughs> you know, uh, people, you know, don't um, typically, you know, meeting groups, hidden groups, or, you know, um, have to wear certain clothing and, you know, different, you know, different, uh, lifestyle. So 
that made it difficult at my age because that's an age where you want to be accepted a lot. Right, right. So tell us, um, when you came out of the cult, um, and then in 2002, when you discovered that you had depression and anxiety, how did that come about? And then um, how did you, because from what I understand, you no longer have anxiety or depression. You no longer suffer from this. So what, what changed? What happened? Well, you know, I think first and foremost, um, my faith had a big impact on how I was able to overcome a lot of that. Um, I, although when I came out of this group, I wanted nothing to do with Christians or anyone that wanted to talk to me about God or any of that. It, it took me quite a while and God had to really show up in my life to through people and through um, just how he personally, um, you know, helped me overcome my trust issues and, you know, just um, the unhealthiness of pushing myself and pushing myself and performing and, you know, all those in unhealthy areas because you know, I was striving and I was running away and, you know, I was trying to not have to deal with what I was, you know, so I suppressed a lot of things. And so I had to reach out to others, you know, like I said, I mean, I did have to go through a stress management counseling um, journey and I had about three and a half months of that. Um, that I went through with a counselor and, you know, she was very, very good. Um, she understood, you know, cults and understood the, um, I guess, the um, mental health issues of those that come out of that kind of abuse. And so, you know, it took me a, a while to really talk through you know, my trauma, understand it, process it, understand truly that I'd been a victim mm -hmm. um, and that it just had to work through, you know, journaling, um, telling story, my story. I, I think that is really what helped me a lot is when I broke free and was able to tell her. I mean, I think that was the first time I really ever told anyone what I really went through because nobody could understand it. And I had, you know, grown up and went to college and did all these other things and was in my career. And, you know, people wouldn't have even imagined that I had been through that kind of trauma in my background. So it took time, you know, for me to really have to, I had to slow down and there were situations that came into my life that made me to have to deal with it. Right. You know, so uh, thankfully there are counselors and there are, you know, other people um, that come alongside you and have been through something similar or, you know, understand, you know, I had a pastor, um, I had women's groups, 
you know, that I was part of or um, served in and we did breakouts and we talked through things. So, you know, the whole journey of that involved a lot, involved a lot of other people being part of it. And to the trust issue and then the rebuilding of the relationship with my mom and, you know, that in itself was a whole nother different dynamic. And I had a lot of rage and anger and God had to put me into an organization that was faith-based and I had to learn to love Christians again, you know, um, because these, I worked there and, you know, even though I was going through the journey and accepting those Christians that at that point in time, I, when I was in that cult, I was like, these people are so weird. I don't want anything to do with them. They have to have these crutches. I mean, it just gave me a really bad taste in my mouth of what Christianity and all of that is about, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, it, it took me a while to be able to begin to trust people, trust Christians, trust, you know, that God had my back, um, you know, to really begin to trust my mom. And, you know, I still had a difficulty with that one. You know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's, it took me a long time. And even at times I would flash back. So that's the thing, even though we're healed, we think, and we've done a lot of work. Sometimes those wounds, mm-hmm. it, it takes time and it, they can still come up. And so you have to continue working and doing the work. And I'm still a person that doesn't like a lot, anyone controlling me. I don't, I don't, I like to make my own decisions. I like to drive my own destiny. I'm still weary of other spiritual leaders. Um, I'm very careful. I'm very discerning. I do a lot of research um, and it takes me a while. I'm kind of guarded. And I think that's a personal protection um, having come out of what, I did come out of because I was a young person going Mm -hmm. through it and I didn't have the controls in my life that others do when you get older and you're an adult. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that gives you and your audience kind of some idea of the journey of healing for me. Yeah, definitely. It sounds very, um, traumatic. Um, you went through a lot, um, but I'm glad that you were able to overcome and you were able to be resilient despite it. So my next question is, um, tell us some more about some of the things you did to overcome or bounce back from your low points. Can you list some resources that were applicable? Like, um, I, yeah, you can present, you can answer that question. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, you know, I did, of course, prayer. I did a lot of prayer. Um, I was in groups uh, through church, my church that actually um, worked with uh, those that had come out of trauma, um, you know, in their early years. And so, you know, I did get involved 
there. I did a lot of women's Bible studies um, because of me and my faith and really leaning into um, those Bible studies that are Bible studies from women who come out of hard things, sexual abuse. I went to conferences. Uh, Beth Moore, uh, her Bible studies really helped and resonated with me a lot. Um, Joyce Meyer, who came out of extreme sexual abuse too in her younger years. She's another one in the Christian circle. I also read a lot of self uh, help books, you know, did a lot of self reflection mm-hmm. um, myself um, and worked on getting myself healthy. I put myself on a no dating at pe- people at that point for a while to get healthy in my life. Um, and those were just some areas. Um, I really tried to get myself physically healthy, you know, get my health um, and stay, you know, in, in a good place there as well um, and nutritionally. So I do believe it's a holistic and I believe it's a, you know, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, my recommendation for people that are going through this is, you, you know, oh, and counselors, I kept in contact with therapists. Christian therapist um, that I could continue to lean into um, when I was struggling or having difficulty. Um, and so all those, all those resources um, worked and helped me um, a lot. And then of course, as I built Altered Stories Ministry and I've started sharing my personal story out there and I'm helping other women who come through very difficult situations, circumstances, trauma, tell their story. And I think there's a bit of recovery that helps me too, as I go through that. So um, that all those things, it's, it's a journey. It is a journey Definitely. for sure. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's very cathartic when, you know, when you're able to help other people's um, by hearing other people's stories, it's, it's quite cathartic. It's helpful to you as well. So it is. Yeah, very helpful. That's awesome. And what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point? Yeah, you know, my dad was gone a lot. He was deployed to Germany during that time for two years uh, with one month break. Um, And there wasn't FaceTimes, you know, any of what we have now to be able to keep us in touch with those we love when they are not there. Mm -hmm. And so it would have been wonderful to have my dad more engaged and more, you know, on the home front, because I believe if he would have really understood the impact and what was transpiring as a result of my, what my mom had gotten herself into. Mm-hmm. I do think my, you know, that would have made a difference. So having access to my dad was, would have been really, really helpful. Um, I would say too, because I was so young, I, you know, I was only in third, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth, you know, sixth there, 
you know, the counselors, you know, I would have appreciated um, more support there from the school and the teachers, especially when they started seeing a digression of my, just, you know, my grades and my behaviors, having gone through that, you know, it would have been, it would have been nice to have had that available, you know, so, and maybe another family member, um, you know, unfortunately my parents did not live close to family, but having access to, you know, another family member that maybe could have intervened, you know, right. or tried to do an intervention there. Okay. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. I can definitely mm -hmm. see why that 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 would have been helpful. Um, yes. Sure. For sure. So, what words of hope can you give to our listeners? What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them that no matter what you're going through or what you've come out of, there's hope, mm -hmm. and there's healing, and you know, for me personally. Um, I, you know, have a strong faith in God now, but he came through for me and he encouraged me through the support and help of so many in my life through people and through circumstances and through other wins. I mean, he, he brought blessing out of these hor this horrible, chaotic struggle. And so understand that there are people that do care for you. Understand that there are communities that you can involve yourself with. Understand there's a God in heaven, although albeit a lot of people look at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> but God, I mean, although we all live in a broken world and we all have difficulty and struggles, I do believe that God cares and he'll be with you through those struggles. And it may not be apparent right away, but, you know, I would just say, you know, don't just don't give up. Know that people care. There's a lot of resources for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to go to someone. I mean, I personally would love to help anyone who has a struggle right now and feels like they'd have no place to go. And there are a lot of people that can and resources, you know, but if you're being, you know, uh, abused uh, in ways that's not healthy for you and you can't get out as a, you know, then, I would say reach out to all resources that you have in your community too, but pray to pray to God for help and for guidance uh, and lean into your faith because that will keep you strong and keep you going. So know that if I can be a person who came out of the trauma I did and really wanted nothing to do with God or Christians. And today I'm leading a ministry and helping women heal. And I have a relationship with God 
um, although there's still difficulty in my life, mm -hmm. know that if I'm a person that can, you know, live and go forward in my life in a successful way in my faith and in helping others, you can too. So I just want to make sure that's very clear. Cool. Cool. Very, very powerful and touching words um, for our listeners. Definitely. I love it. Thank so, you. You're welcome. So with that said, we are going to switch topics a little bit. And um, as you can see behind me, there's a book and the book is called The Music of My Life. Um, so that will lead me to talk about music therapy. So my question is, what type of music do you like? Oh my goodness. <laughs> music is therapeutic, by the way. It's so powerful. And I will say that did help me get through. Music always does help me no matter what. Um, I love praise and worship music. Uh, I love Carrie Joe. Uh, I love King and Country. Um, I like Lauren Daigle. Uh, those are Christian contemporary. Uh, I, I love gospel praise and worship too. I mean, that is awesome. But I also am a person that likes R&B and jazz. And, you know, I do like a little country. Um, but there's something about music. And I love that you have that book. I, I should have said music. Music did, did make a difference and does all yeah. the time in all my healing. I've always turned up music or listened to music or put it on, you know, listening, streaming it or whatever. So critical. I got to get a hold of that book. Well, like we can talk about it after. It's on Amazon. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So with that said, um, my, my next question to you is, if you were to think of one song that best describes your journey, what would it be and why? There is a song called The Recovery. The Recovery. And yeah. Um, and there's also, Mandisa has a song on Overcomer. Mm. And I think it's, you know, just because it's who I am, you know, and the, and the music and the words. And, you know, I am, I am an overcomer and everyone can be an overcomer. And, um, you know, we all have, to go through struggles, but it's how we go through them. Yes. But I do think Mandisa has a really cool song out there. Um, on the and and I listened to a Pandora station called The Overcomer too. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, awesome. All right, so Michelle, so how can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles? Well, I would love you to um, Instagram. I'm out there. Um, I have a public image. It's Mich Gigi, Michelle Renee, because I am a Gigi. Uh, um, and then I have a Facebook uh, public image page, Michelle Renee Saunders Gutch, and then my own personal page. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Michelle Saunders Gutch. You can go to my website for Altered Stories Ministry, www.alteredstories.org. Uh, you can in touch, get in touch with me all those ways. And then also look for my book that I hope to write that will help women heal through what I'll be sharing coming out at the end of 2022 
but I can't tell you the story line yet in any of that because I'm working, I'll be working with a publisher. So awesome, awesome. Well, Michelle, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on our show. Um, definitely very touching story. Um, I love it. And with that said, to all your resilient minds out there until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple podcasts. Also join the, the community of resilient minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at www.cleonycrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my books, the music of my life on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. And if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show, or connect with Michelle's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at only Cleone and Resilient Minds 365 and today's guest, Michelle, um, today's guest, uh, Michelle. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford and I'm signing off.